Hello and welcome to Open East Radio. We are here live at the Eastern Curve Garden. And we are going to go around the table and introduce everyone who is here because we're quite a gang. So, George, would you like to start? Charles, oh, Charles, sorry. <laughs> Charles. Charles from Islington. Hello, madam. How's it going, madam? All right. Um, Hello there, Gillian here, coming in Excellent. from Lincoln. And uh, I'm Ken from Doom Gallery. Sit down, man. Sit down. Excellent. Hello, Sister P. Say hello to everybody. You threw that microphone. Can you help them with the mic so that um, it's between the two of them? So, welcome everybody. Wow, there's so many of us. It's really exciting. And Newton, of course. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome. So, today we are at the Eastern Curve Garden, and we're actually here for a, a very special occasion, which is the Open House Weekend. Um, an Open House Weekend kind of celebrates um, spaces that aren't usually open to the public, although the Eastern Curve Garden is open to the public every single day. Um, open House Weekend does open other spaces. So, we're going to be talking about sacred spaces and what makes a space sacred and it could be a metaphorical sacred space so somewhere inside of us or it could be somewhere where we go to find peace or it could be somewhere that we just love and, and it could be anywhere so let's start with um, Charles because I know that you were thinking of a place yes yes so tell me about that good afternoon everybody this is Charles Kokori speaking actually I'm from Islington and I'd like to see the local town hall Maybe be sort of on a sat on a weekend actually, be sort of giving to people to come and you know share their views about for maybe religious forum about things happening in the local in the vicinity, i.e. the improvements, the um the buildings and the people generally the food and also the restaurant. And I like to see also this um a bit of from um, clubs. There are no 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 clubs around the areas. For example, it's only restaurant on Upper Street. And only in Hackney, I've only discovered one particular jazz club, which is just around the corner, stone throw from here. It's not very, and you have to pay some amount of money to get in. And for if you don't sort of, if you come just to come and watch, you know, come and listen to the, go to the music, you have to pay a month, um, five pounds or something, according to the people. It should be sort of a bit of flexibility. If you are local residents, it should be free, I think. And I also like to see a bit of space for people, gen um, children generally. Green space for children, you know, pl pl playgrounds for people for ch um, children. Also, lots of forums. We have forums generally, so people can express their views okay. accordingly. We'll, we'll, very get, we'll get into the, a bit more detail um, about the places that you think should be sacred. We just go around the table and ask everybody um, what is a sacred place for them. So, Gillian, what about you? I was trying to think of um, what I considered sacred places. And um, only deep in my memory there are places that kind of haunt me. But coming back to real life and now, I just think of places that make me feel awe, in awe of them. I, I feel that they're splendid places. And uh, 
I always have some kind of reverence when I pass them on the bus. So the one in particular today is the Round Chapel down in Lower Clapton there. It's just such a magnificent building and it draws me into it. Thank you. And Ken, what about you? Yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, we are sitting in a sacred space as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the Curve Garden's absolutely brilliant. But a stone's throw from here is another place that's really close to my heart, and that's Ridley Road Market. And that just obviously has been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, it's obviously sort of transformations happening all around it. And uh, its plight or its sort of future is in some sort of doubt or jeopardy. So it would be nice to sort of see it, enjoy some rejuvenation of some sort and, and be, be kept as it is. In, not as it is, but as a place where people can you know, come and be outside and not be in a supermarket. I mean, I think, I think that is um, definitely a priority of the council at the moment. So it, I, it will be kept yeah, as yeah. is, I think. Um, uh, so, Pete, what about you? Well, apart from places of worship, of course, religious practice and all that, which is sacred, that should always be kept, that, no matter what the religion. Uh, but, of course, privacy is sacred, I think. But we're talking about public places here, aren't we? Uh, yeah, there's a no, number of places. Not necessarily, well, yeah. yeah, there's a number of places. One place in Islington I know of, which, which to me was the centre of my universe, is a place in Ireland, which is an old fort somewhere. To me, is a, is a, is a, I'd call it the centre of my universe. There's one place in Rome where I always have to visit when I'm there. It's in one of the most special buildings I've ever been in. And it's, of course, the Pantheon. And the Royal Albert Hall is loosely based on that architecturally. And the Albert Hall, I think, is easily, for me, uh, the best building in London, if not this country, uh, for a number of reasons. But of course, then, as Ken was saying, this garden is quite wonderful, and there should be more like it throughout the metropolis. They're very important. Thank you. And Antonia, how about you? You've got to lean into. About be uh, it can be metaphorical. Yes, yes, of course. And the, the space for me is is inside of me because if you do not have the peace and the contentment, you cannot enjoy anything. You can look at it, and you you could still be not be impressed by it. So, we, myself is inside of me. It's what keeps me and what makes me to be able to, you know, interact with the rest of the world. You know, if I'm not, you know, content and have peace in my heart, how could I enjoy what is around me? So the, I could go in the park and take a little bit for myself and just sit down and, you know, relax and have that peace. It, it, it ultimately, what we're looking for is the peace that it gives us. The, the enjoyment, the how you feel in awe of what you see. That's what I think. I think that that would be a good place to. Um, we'll, we'll continue about the kind of interior places that we have. Um, Newton, um, what are your thoughts on uh, sacred spaces? Well, during my short and long life of coming to different places that I could describe as being sacred. 
I suppose, um, depending on your experience in life and being able to identify what is special and what manifests itself to you as being special, and also acknowledged by whoever's around you. Um, your heart and other things like that, people tend to respect them because they know they must be sacred. And of course, it's been acknowledged and it, to some extent it's obvious that that is a prime place that we can identify as being sacred. It's your heart and because it beats to keep you alive, um, it's readily accepted by all that that is a sacred place. Thank you. And Sasha, how about you? Um, well, the first thing that I thought of um, when I saw the theme of sacred places was, actually, it's probably a bit of a cliche, but my, my home, really. Um, that's definitely a really special place, and especially when it's full of people. Because um, I was, I was house-sitting my house this summer, and there was no one in it, and it felt very strange, very empty. But when it's full of people, it's definitely a very important and sacred place. Sure, why not? <laughs> Make a good cup of tea. <laughs> Put the sound up. Can I come round your house? <laughs> sure, for a cup Thank of tea, you. why not? <laughs> yeah. Are we talking about sacred place? Yeah. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon to the world who's listening and who's not listening. Good afternoon. Paulina speaking, yes. Well, as we're speaking about the sacred place, um, what we believe that should be secret, the secret place is at home. As Tasha said, well, you see, um, with the love in you, it's what shares in the home. See, you know, like, if you've got people coming and going in your home, they can feel the, the peace, they can feel the warmth, they can feel the tranqui tranquility, they can feel so all feel welcome. Because without the person who will live into the home, and if there's no tranquility, there's no um, welcome, there's no um, enlightenment, there's nothing there, they ain't gonna stay. And that's the first place where there's, um, you've got the real warmth, because the warmth is coming from within the person. And that warmth, you understand, could be able to hug the whole world. So if Peter would like to come along with me, I do not mind Peter, you can come. Because my home, the home, what I have, is really what you call a secret. Place, yeah, but not just for me alone, for people, yeah. because um, even though we said our home is just for us, we have we've got to share, and when we we don't share the thing what we've got, we mean, it doesn't mean nothing to us. It means a lot when we can share, cause people, you understand? There's so many people out there are walking sad, are walking in the dark night, are walking. Um, confused or mixed up and so forth. So um, if they do um, come around you, they can feel that really love and that warmth and they take them on. So Peter, when you're ready, you understand, you come, we sit and have a cup of tea 
if you want biscuit, pizza, whatever, we're going to get pizza soon later on, right? So don't worry about that. Yeah, can I get a word in? All right, Peter, you can get a word in. No, man. Yeah, man. Hallelujah. I tell you what, Pauline, that's a lovely invite. And I will come round for a cup of tea and some biscuits. And you're a very good cook as well. So I'll have some of your rice and peas, your jerk chicken, uh, sweet potatoes. You've got a very good recipe for that. I'll, we'll just talk about grub. And we'll eat it all and don't share it with anyone Food else. Food there. Yes. When I do a dinner party again, But it's like what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I think... But I want to bring everybody there. When I said privacy... Everybody. I said privacy, we moved in the sanctity of home. Yes. That's what you've, we've mentioned now. And it, I think that is very important. Yes, the because sanctity. Because it's, it's the things that you have that you like and stuff like that. But I won't let anyone play my piano. No, only I play that. What is that, Peter? I never hear what you say. Pete? Pete? My piano. Talk to me. Talk to me. So I'd come in round, didn't I? (laughs) Gillian, you wanted to jump in. It's very interesting as we went around that um, people spoke about sacred places and those actual buildings are full of people. So there's that need to be amongst people. And then on the other hand, people talking about inner peace and and what you've got inside you is what you're going to bring out as a sacred thing to share. So there's that kind of difference between crowds and then being inwards and being with spiritually within yourself. So I, f- I just found that very interesting that we gel those two things together. As uh, Pauline was saying, that she's got the sacredness in her. She's giving out the love from inside, but she can't. It's no use unless it's shared with other people. So that. So that's like her walking into a Royal Albert's Hall and then loving everybody and then loving her back. It's a very, very powerful and interesting spiritual thing. It's very interesting. Have you ever been in a theatre that's empty and you're the only person in that theatre? It is a weird, not nice feeling. Does that happen to you a lot? Yes, it has. (laughs) And some people have been in that experience where they think they've seen a ghost or someone's touched them and some some spiritual experience has happened. And I think that's because theatres are places that are built for people where people are so if people aren't there it's it feels not right because there's no no one in there and if it's, particularly if it's an old theater where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the years have been yeah. going in there it, 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 there's what an energy churches? that's left of the church is exactly the same yeah yeah so an empty church what's the point uh, well you can have solitude some people like that don't they but it's interesting as well that we're talking about um, something being lovely and actually it's just a load of bricks. So again, it's what we bring into that place. Yes, yeah, true. May I just come in at this instance? Generally, I, th- I think generally, I think generally people should be sort of, the nation should be spiritualized. In other words, they should learn about, there's, a, there's no doubt there's a, power governing the whole universe if mankind can know this and follow the path of rectitude then this this country will be a safe place to live in for example now some certain people in some certain areas i'm talking about organizations now you cannot discuss politics and religion this is a godly nation it's founded on the command on the tenets of god the commandments of god we have to trail back the path of rectitude and follow that path accordingly. And that starts from, from, from all of us. In other words, love your God with all your heart and soul and love thy neighbor as yourself. In other words, humanity, not just 
your friends or your neighbors, everybody yeah. generally, regardless of race, color, creed. This is the godly nation. <laughs> we have to sort of come back to our senses and know that there's a force governing the whole universe which you have to follow accordingly. Thank you very much. Can you I, need to jump in? I actually have, you've stirred something up in me there because it's like, I think it's really sad that people can't actually even get on with their neighbors, you know, like, and we have this sort of like, these sort of conflicts with our people around us that we live and we're unable to share and sort of be, you know, like this is a community garden which is great and it's like, you know, that where people can come, but it's sad that people can't even in their own houses get on. No wonder why the world sort of can't, you know, we have this inability to be able to share and act as a community. There's quite a lot of selfishness, I think, in our hearts. If, if I may say this, what's really lacking amongst humanity generally, they lack the inner peace. That is, there's something within us. If they have the fear of God in us, it says, the fear of God is the scratch of wisdom or the beginning of wisdom. If mankind can follow that path, then this world will be a safe place to live in. This is a godly nation, and we have to follow that path. The commandment of love and under has loved us, as in John 15, verse 12. I'm going to, um, I guess, be devil's advocate here and just say that I think um, it's just a basic human uh, thing to be able to love thy neighbor and to be able and, and you don't necessarily need to be a religious person but to adhere course, to that may i just say this again even be you an atheist but there's a place now around the past street they call themselves atheists of course you'd have to believe in god but my my question is to these people the air that you breathe in how does that come about and i refer them to psalm 53 we have to share ideas and ideals accordingly because in the of time according to the bible the efficacy of the word of christ one faith, one love, one baptism. All come together as one. That's the word of God of Christ. Okay, thank you. Gillian. Yes, people have already described um, Dalston Eastern Curve Garden as a sacred place. I, I prefer, I think, the word spiritual, somewhere where you find yourself and you explore yourself. What is interesting is that, as Ben said, you know, we, it's a shame that people don't get on and they're not trying to get on. Ken. But Ken, and I meant Ken, of course. <laughs> and as Ken said, ben. uh, uh, Ben's coming later. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting that it's an, it's an artificial thing that was set up to bring us all together. This garden was made by community-minded people in order for us to come together today. Isn't that a wonderful movement? That There's a recognition yeah, that people are very isolated and they've lost but some kind of spirituality. But if you make a place for people to come, even a theatre, make that place and people will come. For example, coming today, my priority wasn't to be on a radio, no way. My priority was to come together with other people and people I haven't met before as well and people I do know from the past have made friends with me and just to come together in a beautiful place. How is that not sacred in a way? It's like your home, <laughs> Sasha. It's you've, you've made another home for yourself and you're sharing stuff. Yeah, I mean, Ken had a tour of King's Cross and the um, building works, development of new buildings in the King's Cross area behind St. Pancras Station and all that. And we went to a, a small little garden, a bit like this. Remember, yeah. Ken? Yeah. And what a wonderful little garden it is in the middle of this noisy metropolis nature where you've got reserve. nature reserve. Nature reserve yeah. And they bagged it, the people, the local neighbourhood there, they bagged that space before that development and it is a lovely little garden this is a newer garden to that one but it's 
coming on the same lines now. And there is a, a kind of a sacred sanctity about something like this here, all this greenery growth and what nature gives us. And you can get a spiritual lift from it, uh, both a communal one, and if you want to sit down with a cup of tea, you need a mortgage for it. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, um, sit down, have a nice cup of tea, and just be yourself in quiet solitude and read a book, but you can't smoke. Um, see, places like that are, are very important. And um, anyway, about spirituality, yes, you can get a spiritual lift on it. I think spirituality is kind of a word which is not understood and in fact not used enough by certain religious creeds at this point in time. Thank you. May Pete. I just come may I just come in briefly? Quickly. Just believe it's a major place. Spiritualism overwhelms everything. You see religion itself is just a mere word. But when you spiritualism it encompasses everything in the whole universe. Of course it because does. it's a word that sometimes tend to mix spiritualism with mysticism. Mysticism is of this earth. But spiritualism of the, from above, from heaven. Thank you. Newton, you wanted to say something. Right. Well, I know <coughs> I always go a, a bit deep. But um, in discussing one aspect of what we know, we've covered all of the aspects that we indulge in as a matter of course. Now, sacredness is different to the place that we love. We love this garden, it's nice. That doesn't make it sacred. We love the things that we run into on a mystery basis. But um, sacredness comes from probably the stories we've heard of encounters with sacred beings like angels. The first thing that an angel says to anyone that it encounters is, fear not. None of us has brought fear into this discussion when it is uh, an extremely important element of identifying what is sacred. And because we don't encounter it as a general rule or concept of what we would like, like love and um, other um, aspects of what we encounter that we do not actually acknowledge it. Sacredness also invites you to be in fear and when fear comes into play that's what makes it sacred. Thank you. Has anyone got, um, Gillian, you wanted to um, Thank respond you, Newton. To that? that was very interesting because um, you defined sacred, and I'm going to take it even further away from the word sacred. We went from sacred to spiritual, and this session was advertised with the word uplifting in it, and I think that's a fabulous word, word to use for what we're talking about today because going back again to this garden, going to the Royal Arbor Hall, those are places you expect to be uplifted. So actually you're pushing yourself into a place where you're going to meet like-minded people who are also looking for that uplifting experience. And we're not relating it to God or any supernatural beings. We're just saying, oh, there are human beings in there. They share that same common ground with me. Let's be uplifted together. How is not that not powerful in itself? Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Paulina. From what uh, Mr. Nietzsche... Go on. 
yes, again, world. We're back on the radio now, speaking again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say something, um, a little bit what Gillian just speak about, that uh, upliftment do come from people. It didn't come from the building because one person can walk into a place and the whole place is full of light. Then you people start to speak with each other, talk with each other, have heat together, get to know get to know each other, get to even have a conversation with each other. But there times when you're outside and you're you know, you've got that sort of a personality, you know, you get people started to judge, criticize and condemn and say, Well, that person is mad. Yes, I know I'm mad. At least the overall know about it, yeah. Because yes, I can uplift the person. I'm sharing what I've got to share with others, right? Because the schools cannot give it to us. So when we got it, we can able to use it to lift up the other person. So the other person can move on with their life. They feel something great and something good. So what we, what um, Julian said, I agree with that. Instead that we start judging, criticizing, look down and underestimated our one another, we should be able to go out there Apart from religious, apart from spiritual, you understand? Because every one of us got special in us. And then it's up. we are the one have to get it out and use it to think, I need a pint of, I need a beer now, Newton. All right. <laughs> Your mouth is going around like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Newton, I'm talking about you, short and whatever. Pauline. May, may I just come in, Miss Lu uh, Lucia, yeah, please? Yeah, yeah. There is no fear in love. Once you have love, exhibit it. You know, I was share it amongst the people generally because look god is love i call it this is a blast from the past please, please. sorry about this but years ago growing up in london there used to be a lot of bomb sites and it was great as a kid because you go around these bomb sites and you get bits of brick a brick this and that but you build your own houses out of tin bits of corrugated iron and all this and all that what do you build a house and then you'd invite all your friends and you'd make baked potatoes in a cinders of a bonfire and stuff like that have a cup of tea and all that and it was the sacredy the sacredness of that little space that you'd built for yourself and it was yours and it grown-ups weren't allowed in there it was just kids for us and that, us that, only that's such a good point because i was actually going to say isn't what's sacred what we decide is sacred and some spaces might not be until you inhabit them mm -hmm. and then they become sacred yeah, because of what you bring that's that's kind of an example i'm trying yeah. to give you yeah may i just come in again yeah. hang on gillian wanted to say something and then thank yeah. you very much i wondered um how we all felt about sacred places such as churches that were bombed out and that were played on and then have been rebuilt. How do we feel about sacred places such as churches and old synagogues being used for other things besides sacredness? For example, a church being used for Zumba. That's How do we feel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's, still a it's still a community thing though, isn't it? It's like, at, least people, at least it's been used. Yeah. And Antonio hasn't because spoken much yet. Gillian, you know, if what makes a space is the people that goes in it. You see, you, what we put in, the church is nothing, it's an empty space. Who are the, when you talk of churches or synagogue, is the people that makes, you know, to be what it is. This is the greatest temple that you have got. Your tabernacle is your body. It's how, what, what you think, what you do to relate to other people. That is what makes, what makes it. People will say, why do you talk of religion? 
because everything underpins that. That underpins everything. You know, we woke up today, you know, and, and why? There are people who have already gone. You know, they, they are no more. You, you know, and the sacred, whatever they have, is already gone. So it's people, it's what we bring. The greatest tabernacle, the greatest space is ourselves. What is inside of you? What are you contributing into society? Before you could look at building, they are made of human. You understand? It's the spirit that goes in it that makes it awesome that you will wait. They've just finished the proms. I cry every day, every time, the Saturday when it finishes, because the, the emotion and everything that goes, you cannot but just, you know, if you are not classically inclined, you will still get something, you know? And, and that is it, it's what we bring that makes a space. It's not, it, it, it's without our input, it's, it's vacuum, it's empty. Thank you, I love classical music, but I hate the last night. Of no, I do love the last night of proms. <laughs> yeah, may I just come at this instance? Um, you see, church is a building, as you just said, but you see, we have to share our views accordingly, our ideas and idea, ideals accordingly. Amongst people, you need to go to church because where there's love, there's liberty. Can Can I ask you something? I'm um, back to Jill Jillian's question about churches being used for Zumba, for example. Exactly. How, do you, how do you feel about that? Yes, um, you see, I'm not supposed to judge anybody. I'll, all I will criticize is government because they make all these rules. It's their man-made rules. This, this nation is built on God's laws exactly. and we have to follow suit until mankind trail or trail the path of rectitude, follow God's path. Then okay. there will be sort of problems. As what we're experiencing, what we're experiencing now is man-made laws. But in the of time, God should not control everything. He's going to sort of reform, destroy, and okay. restore accordingly. So, so that opens up an interesting question. Is it um, our leaders' responsibility to create sacred spaces for us? Do, uh, what does if, everyone if, think? If I may say so, Miss um, Lucia. Yes. You see, a um, couple of centuries ago, the church controls everything, not the politicians. Yeah. But nowadays, even okay, the so churches... Yeah. At the financial institutions, not so, banks. So ch church and state are now separate. Exactly. We shouldn't be, madam. And again, this is... Well, that's not the discussion yes, for, for now. But what I'm asking is, no matter what religion people are, or, and let's take religion out of it, no, yes. is that whoever's leading us at that moment, is it their responsibility to create they spaces have, that were I'm not going to judge sacred. anybody, but mm. see, if you have the fear of God in you, and you allow love to radiate in you, then you should you do things accordingly, according to the norms okay. and rules of God. Why not make use of the spaces that are there already? You don't have to okay. make spaces, but there are spaces that could be better used, better manipulated, perhaps. But I want to quote. I want to quote you a, a line from a poet, Sir William Blake, what he had to say, and he said this: "The bricks of a brothel are warm, but the stones of a cathedral are cold." Perfect quote, Sasha. 
Um, it's a little bit of explaining, I think. Of course it does. He was a massive metaphysical poet. It, 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 it is true what you're saying because those people, you know, why does he say it's cold? Because it's, it's steeped in tradition. Instead of doing, you see, you, 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 you have to do things in the relationship you have with other people. Why does he say that? I, I, I need to bring religion because I know that you do not like to. But everything is, is, is about. Religion is not what we're talking about. It's relationship with, you know, our maker, the one who created, and the things that he's put in there. He's made us in his own image. I like that. He, 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 you know, we cannot... Why is it cold? It's because they, they've made this little thing for themselves and they call it God. And that's why it's cold. And in a because they are in need, why are they doing that? You get warmth and you got love. That is it. And, and the one who, who came down didn't go to those, you know, sacred places like the temple and all the rest of it. When he goes, he just ties them. But when he's outside, he drinks with everybody. He, 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 you know, have friendship with everybody. And they berated him for it. They didn't like it. But he said, I didn't come to, to, to look at people who are already made up. I come to save the lost. You see, you cannot. This is what is happening in our society. We have gone away from everything. Yeah. You know, this... Yeah, uh, but just back to Lucia's um, question about uh, the state's responsibility for creating like sacred spaces and yeah. community spaces. I think, well, it used to be really good. Like the Victorians created all the parks that we have in London, which are, I think, incredible spaces mm. for people, for people that actually live in the city. Um, and and the, the church does good stuff as well. Like church halls are used. And I think it's good that they use for stuff like Zumba because it, it, they're being used for people that, yes. that live there. Mm. Um, so the state definitely does have a responsibility and I hope that it continues to, to create spaces that we all can use. We have to remember that anybody representing the state has been voted in by us and there's a very, very pertinent case at the moment about how we give responsibilities to the state to provide sanctuary or uplifting places for us. There's in the, a moment, at the moment in Walthamstow, Waltham Forest, there's a place called the Wetlands, which is a vast area of natural beauty, mm. which is visited yes. and by birds uh, who breed there. So it's their too. sanctuary, and then we share that sanctuary. Yes. Recently, the local council was um, stood judgment on whether in the newly refurbished building there, which is somehow called something plus the Swift Tower, beautiful name, whether that place could be used, besides being an art gallery and a visitor's gallery, but also could be a place where people could drink mm. and have music, mm -hmm. where there was uproar. <coughs> In the end, the state, represented by the council, have said, yes, they can have a license from 10 a.m. to midnight on this beautiful sanctuary where breeding goes on with birds <laughs> and loud music. Already there are raves, etc. there, illegal raves. What a Where, thing! And what can Where we do? Well, what can yes. we do? It's been decided by well, by a law of this is um, democracy. This is how it happens. We just have to suck it up and get on with it, and just hope the music isn't loud. That 
people who want to drink don't um, use it as a pub-like place. But what a thing that the responsibility was given to the borough council. They took that responsibility and they decided. So, you know, how much responsibility do we want our state to have? And they have a duty, of course, I'll just add on before you come in, Pete, that um, going back to what was said by other people, Sasha and Antonia, that um, there is the responsibility of providing heritage for us. Otherwise, if you don't have that heritage, we don't have culture, etc. Well, talk about heritage. I was walking down uh, Finsbury Square uh, last week, week before last, and I thought, ah, I, th I want to go and see Broadgate. I wonder if that uh, bowling green is still there. And you know what? It's been knocked down. It's been modernised. It's all these restaurants for yuppies and stuff like this and people from the city, business people and all that. And do you know what? They've absolutely ruined a perfectly good, what I thought was listed architecture. They've ruined that place. They've made it, they've taken the spirit out of the place. It, it really made me cry. So you've actually opened up something really interesting about public and say public spaces and what some people would consider sacred um, being privately owned. So for example, Westfield Shopping Centre is for many teenagers a really important sacred place because it's where they meet, it's where um, they're free to hang around and not and just be and not have to consume. They can just kind of, you know, look at the shops without actually walking in them and they can just be with their friends. So and that is a, a privately owned sacred space. So what, what does everyone think about that? May I come in at this instant, madam? Um, from one point of view, well, it's a very central area and it's very commercialized. It's good, actually, because um, it's like a selling point, in a way, to people, not just, not just for the community, but for everybody within that area from different zones, different boroughs. I, I go there shopping sometimes and they have a lot of bargains. And some few, <laughs> and some few historical buildings also you could just look at. So it's very good, and it's very set of. It's eye catching at night. It's like Hollywood in a way with all the fl the lights. It's Thank lovely. Gillian, yes, yeah, so I'm following on from what Charles was saying there. The thing about Westfield is that it is for everybody, and I have no issue with it being a meeting place for youngsters because that's what every generation does. They meet up. They pro they make their own identities. The worst thing would be if, if we ever said that Westfield is just for youth. That would be the bad thing. As long as places are for everybody, that everyone is entitled to be to come in and enjoy as well, that's fine. Actually, um, uh, having said that, talking about places, I did, um, Ken here, I did go for a little stroll around. We took some of the male carers for a sort of guided tour of Hackney Wick and and the Queen Elizabeth Park, which is the Olympic Park, obviously. And I think that that is actually a new space, but it's actually quite a special place as well. I actually quite enjoyed the this sort of this kind of stillness of the place. It was quite a kind of like interesting place to just be and spend the day there. Um, so it's like, it doesn't, no, not in Kenya, in, in, uh, in uh, Hackney, in Hackney, the Hackney Olympic Park. Do, do you feel you own that place? No, I feel I feel I don't feel like I own it. No, I, I feel I mean I'm not really interested in Westfield because I don't want to go places where there's like loads of corporate shops and stuff like that. I'd rather not. So you know the youth can have it as far as I'm concerned. I mean I I, I quite like the park. You know, not into. I think I like the park because yeah, I go in 
on a buggy and I go yes. around and have a talk. And, and the buggy and only costs five pounds, doesn't it? Exactly. You can and have the buggy all day for all five day pounds. for five pounds. And again, you it, it, the rustling and bustling of what is happening inside there yeah. is it's totally out. You know, you don't feel it. And there's wetland, there's everything. Yeah, yeah, there's right. a, a canal, you could have a boat ride. And, you know, there's more, much more for everybody. You know, it might be an open space for a, a special p- place for young people, but there is things for, you know, other ages to, to enjoy. I love going around. Mm-hmm. I've done it a few times, and mm-hmm. I will do it again and again. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. understand why you love it. Why I asked Ken, um, do, do you own it, which was addressed to everybody, of course, yeah. how many spaces do we feel we own, was because there is still a vast soreness in that part of London because people were ousted from their traditional homesteads, if you like, the traditional yes, areas. Yeah. They were taken over, over. by the state, yes. acting as an Olympic body, yes. and the place was demolished and then rebuilt for another part of society. As an East Ender, I don't feel that I belong to that park. I don't feel it's part of me. I feel it's artificial and that I'm, I'm just, I don't feel welcome there yes. at all. I, you know, they took my church. Sorry. No. They took my church and they, 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 they thought they gave us money for that land. When I look at it now, it's, it's, all, it's, it's a car park. Yeah. And, and my, my church was taken right to Kent you know, that you have to have one hour journey to get to my church. But you see, I, I think to sacrifice that for the good of everybody, that has, I have forgotten about that because I just need to enjoy what is there now. I know people were displaced. I know people were taken out. And that was really very hard in the beginning. But to look at what is there now, you, you, you have to. Yes, they made a cock up these people who make all these things. They, they, they make rules and all the rest of it, and they say they are doing it in our in our names. But then, it, it's our responsibility and onus on us to say no to some things. That's very well said, Antonia. Yes. Yes. Talking about that, I, uh, Manor House tube station. There was a lot of youth used to gather there. So what they did, they put on Mozart uh, to get rid of them. So I thought, brilliantly. I thought, brilliant. I want to go down there, Manor House Station, listen to some Mozart piano concertos. But as it turned out, they just played Anna Klein on that music. It wasn't very loud. There was no youth there. I could listen to whether they getting mugged or anything like that. It was dead brilliant. Dead cool, you know. But I went to the, knocked on the, the ticket office. said, look, can you turn this up? I can't hear it. No, they didn't. Hey, t- you know, there's also a point of putting it on in just as background music. I want it loud. I've come all the way to listen to some Mozart. It wasn't, it wasn't put there to put youth off. It wasn't put there to put youth off. It was put there to calm down everybody. What an elite rubbish that is, as if classical music is somehow calmer than putting on some hip-hop or something else. How dare they assume how we, how we respond to music? It's it wasn't terrible. put on to calm down the youth. It's terrible. I mean, I went down there as devil's advocate, I have to say. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind so much, but if you're going to play some music, play it! <laughs> I agree. Hey, uh, Miss Lawrence, if I may say so, by saying you don't belong to certain areas, you're giving the people power. Nobody owns anything. Everything belongs to everybody. You have to share everything accordingly. God owns everything. Nobody owns anything. 
Okay. Um, well, someone owns Westfield. So, yeah. <laughs> Someone's making a lot of money. I'm not sure it's good, but it doesn't matter. Um, any, uh, Gillian, do you want to... I'll, I'll continue on the vein of yes. um, how we're perhaps controlled then in spaces, that places are built the way that architects want them to be and not how we want. So it is a responsibility somehow for the state to ask us what we need as for place. And I would think that that happens here in Dalston Eastern Curve Garden, that the public were asked, what would you like in this space? And obviously people wanted greenery, they wanted somewhere to sit and chat. You know, that was really responding to community. And we can look back at now other places that are on show this weekend and say, well, who was that really built for? When I was a kid, all the parks in Islington in particular, I grew up in Islington, um, I know it's a dirty word here in Hackney, but nevertheless, but nevertheless, what it used to be, as kids, we used to love playing football. And what they used to have, they used to have keep off the grass and another sign saying no ball games here and if you did play on the grass the parker would come along and chase you nowadays these spaces are used as dog toilets we're going to do about the sanctity of that well if you're a dog owner i suppose it is some sort of sanctity there it's practical use for it as well. it just means we have to be more responsible ourselves doesn't it we have to be um policing places ourselves so if we want to keep them nice. Um, yeah, may I say this? No. Yes. That's why in the next election, you have to vote for the right people accordingly. <laughs> Don't be distracted by any sort of advertisements or be maneuvered by some certain set of people. Very essential. Thank you, Charles. We've actually got a new um, member of the group. Would you like to come forward and just introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, I'm, I'm Donald, uh, and I've lived in Hackney for a long time. Despite, not, not born here, you can probably tell by the accent. Thank you, Donald. So we're talking about sacred spaces. I know. Um, so, Donald, um, you weren't here at the beginning of the conversation. Would you like to share where you consider your sacred space to be? I have one that has nothing to do with where I live now, but it's a sacred space in my head, but it's a real place. And uh, it's the island of Iona in Scotland. I was the Abbey guide there. I don't know if you know about Iona, but it's a three and a half mile long by one and a half mile wide island in the Inner Hebrides. And in 1984, I was uh, starving in a garret in Paris, but I, I knew I was going to go to Scotland for five days and I plotted how to get there and uh, because it took a lot of uh, strategy. And it's the most, uh, I love this word, numinous place. It's, it's charged, it's got an energy. Uh, at the back of the island, uh, the, um, the beach is made of stone, stones, uh, you know, little, little all, they're like jewels. And I remember carving um, a space big enough to fit my face into the, into the stones and smelling <laughs> the stones. So I was, you know, I was smelling the sacred quality of it, 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 it you know, whatever that may mean. That, it, it just was very, very charged. And I think it's on, on ley lines, like, um, uh, what's the place where the vegetables grow really big in Scotland? Um, some, some, no Fintorn, idea. Fintorn community, and, and you know, it's, it's, and Glastonbury is apparently uh, yeah, you're on ley lines. About something which emanates from the earth itself, don't you? I mean, Stonehenge has got, if you go down to the west coast in, in, in this country, Dorset, uh, Devon, places like that, Salisbury, all that, and it literally 
emanates from the earth itself. And it, I think ley lines have got something to do with it. Um, but there are places, having said that, where you go to and you just know, get out of here. That's I don't like this place, it so gives me the creeps. Okay, I, I really, let, let's, let's go focus on this point a little bit. So we've talked about kind of constructed spaces, but what about spaces that have a particular energy about them and we don't know why and there is an energy there and we don't know where that's coming from and it could be coming from the earth as you said, from, you know, coming from below or from a ley line or it could be, be coming from what's happened in that place in the past. Um, has anyone got any places that are kind of, yeah. Um. It's not in the UK, but I, I went to, I, I was invited by the British Council to go and be with young, because I'm a journalist, uh, young journalists in Lebanon, in Beirut. And we went out one night to a club, which was an underground club, literally underground, and the seats were red and uh, uh, kind of uh, arched and high, and there were pictures of, I don't know, composers and people who were deceased. And it was kind of a creepy place. It was very stylish, but very creepy. And w what I found out later in, in um, talking to people after I'd left that place, it was, a, it was somewhere where there had been a massacre. Right. Mm -hmm. And they'd built this club as, I guess, a sort of memorial, a kind of morbid memorial to this uh, uh, site of an atrocity, and but it was it was palpable. I knew it. I, I felt it when I walked in the space. Yeah, I think that what, what that says is it's what we're going back to earlier, Donald. It's people that make the place, that make the building. I think that's the point that was made earlier. Uh, that's I think that proves that point. I think in some way. said in Ghana. During the time of slavery, there is a place where, on the seafront, where the people are being shackled and taken to America. If you go there today, you could feel the, the sense of what happened there, the wailing and everything that happened there. It's the spirit, you know, we, we have to believe that there is something that is much more bigger than ourselves. We, we, there is no way of, you know, you see people, they will write something on a place where they are, you know, somebody was here. And, and you look at it, and what makes other people want to put some, I was here, Antonia was, you know, visited this place. It's because that spirit is there. What you said is exactly what, what I'm talking about, about Accra, Ghana, where these people were taken. Maybe sometime they were yanked from their family or taken and they never seen it, but their voice is still. It says, Abel was crying on the floor. The blood was crying for justice. You see, it is something to do with what is inside of us. The, the, the sacred place is here. You got to be in, 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 in here. For it to emanate is from here. Newton, you wanted to add? Well, by now we've become aware that sacredness is a very intangible object. You cannot feel it in the physical sense, but you can feel it through your spirituality. And this discussion has actually made us aware of that 
as a very intricate factor of what sacredness is. That's a good point, and I had no idea, you know, where the conversation was going to go. So it's interesting that we're we're now discussing, you know, where how we how we touch, feel, sense sacredness, and and how that kind of has a relationship with the place. If Charles. I say so, Miss Lucia. Yes, Charles. Um, people should be enlightened. There are some people out there, they don't like progress. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe through ignorance, or I too know. But you have to be enlightened accordingly. Either through maybe forum or symposium and so on and so forth. Until this is being done, then there will still be, there will be blackboard. In a way. I think we've got a very enlightened group of people around this table, I have to say. I'm generalizing, madam. <laughs> I'm, generali I'm generalizing. I'm generalizing, madam. Until then, madam. <laughs> um, Sasha, have you, got a, have you ever felt that in a place where you just have a, a sense of what's been before? Yeah, definitely. Um, last year, I, I, I did quite a lot of traveling and I went to Peru, and uh, I assume most people have seen pictures of Machu Picchu, which is um, an ancient sort of Inca settlement, really high, well it's sort of in between jungle and mountains, so it's cloud forest, but it is, it is incredible to see the, like, the views and, and the, the nature there, the, you're overwhelmed by, by the beauty of, of these mountains, and then also what humans have have also done to the place. So they've, because it's built basically into a mountain on top of it, um, and, and it, 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 it sort of boggles the mind that they were able to, to create that there. But, but you see both there, you see the astounding natural beauty, and then you see what um, humans have made. It's, it's really, really an incredible place. I think you can see that in lots of other places in um, everywhere around the world. But I definitely felt that there, definitely. Where is Peru? It's in South America. They will be talking we can get on a plane and go there. We can? Tell me when. I could say what I'm coming Next summer, maybe. Summer. Okay. You can right. be a tour guide. <laughs> yeah. I'll take you around Peru and other places in South America, probably. Yeah. I just say, um, as Sasha was saying, it is um, when, like, when you're in your travel, when you're in your traveling, because when I travel, and I travel quite a bit, I, I usually do it uh, quite a lot. You see, I look around, I look around, and I see what I can achieve, what can uplight me, what is around. I observe things and I study things because although our inner peace is in us and it's all around us, but then. When you go out in different places and different, see what's going on. Never mind about the people, but it's just what's there, and what's gonna generate. What, is it generate? Am I saying it right? Generate. Generating us, right? Which is very important, really. Very much important, right? And um, you come back, come back to the place where you sort of um, put your head down. And you could you could make something from it. You could write something. You can speak about it. You can um, in, enlighten the next person. You can knowledgeize and that person because it's like it's so interested to see that 
you know, there's so many things to look at apart from just the beach and hotels and people. But there is, there is. But you see, some people, they travel on their own because they get more out of their traveling on their own because others can do your head in. Like, I've got a son, right? When he comes, when he, they've been traveling for many years, once I was in Canada and he sits down there, he's about 12, I don't know. And he sits there and quite a few people came to me and see, I'm telling you, I've been watching that young boy. I've been watching him for quite some time. See, what he's doing, he's studying, he's observing, he's, um, he's taking so much in. And when he takes things in, you will watch him, you watch him in a, the next half hour. He will get up, and when he gets up now, because he's seen, because what he's got like a book in his head, and he's writing things down about what is going on around him. What, because it was in a park like here, right? In an adventurous place. And you'll see him get up, and then you'll probably, Either he speak to me about it, or he's going to study about it in the school, and which he did. He did. He did. So there are these things are very much thing. And I'm hungry now, um, Lucia. <laughs> Pizza time. Pizza time. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Hopefully we will have pizza soon. Um, we've got ten minutes left, so I just wanted to, um, I guess come back to where we're actually sitting which is the the, the curve garden and just i i'm curious about what why this place is so special and what makes it so special what is it that makes it um the place that we you know that that it is now uh, vegetation um, there's a lot of trees plant life and stuff like that in the middle of what is a lot of concrete there's a bit of alternative life here and growth and the smells that you get from flowers and trees and shrubbery and that sort of thing. That's very important, I think. So there's the, the, the plant life. Has anyone got any other thoughts? Gillian? For myself, for myself, it's coming through um, a door which reminds me of the novel and the film The Secret Garden. I'm going into something that not everyone actually knows about. It's like a secret gem. And I'm going through and I know it's going to be lovely when I get inside. So there's that stepping out of something into another place. You talk, you're talking about this garden here? Yes. There is no doubt there's a total serenity in here. I could feel the impact actually. And um, it's like a spiritual place, like a spa in a way. In the rest of time, it, it, it was interesting because you've never been, you haven't been here before, no, have you? No. So I, 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 I was observing your reaction when you arrived, and this is often the reaction people have. They, it's kind of like awe. It's like, ah, oh, this place exists. I, I had no idea, and and that's really interesting. I think the trees have a lot to do with it. It's in close proximity, it's like going into a little kind of woodland sort of thing where you can slightly amaze. You can just walk around, wandering around, and be lost in your own thoughts. Yeah. And if you go outside, of course, it's a very busy road. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Very, very <laughs> noisy and very loud. And this is a it's a kind of sanctuary. Well, well, ju just to build on, on what you said, Gillian, right? Yeah. right? Um, it's the hidden 
uh, it, it's somewhat hidden. You, it, I didn't. I've lived in Hackney for thirty years. I didn't know it existed. This is my second time here, but it's it's the hidden thing that you feel you're discovering. Although many others have been dis have discovered it already, but it, that it's the, the hidden and the discovered. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I think you said, Peter, that outside there is the rustling and bustling. Yeah, of what it's is special and, because and then, we're. And then you come in, and this this is what you have. It's totally different from what is outside there. That is what makes it unique. And you just, I want to be part of this, you know. And as soon as you come in, it seems as if even the air you breathe in here yeah, is, different. is is different, yeah. you know, because fumes and everything out there. And here you, and the serenity of it, the, when you come in and you see people just chilling and, and uh, there's life, there's vibrancy, there is, there's everything that you, and there's peace that you can go, just go in one corner and sit down and just have that space for yourself. Yeah, it's special in a nutshell because we're here and while we're here, we're manifesting ourselves and we're connected with not just intangible things, but invisible things. And we only realize this when we check this in conclusion of what we are experiencing. Thank you. Has, has anyone else got anything to add? Or anything about, um, just to kind of conclude our conversation, is there anything? Wait, wait, wait a second. This is um, the garden. Is it garden? Curve garden. Yeah, where people come in and go in each time. People come in and go in. People come in and go in. But you may probably find, maybe probably not the majority, but maybe probably a few will, will see the joyful of it. But people who travel around were, are very worthy or so, they go to so many different places, right? I lived in Scotland, I must say. Yeah, it was developed then. Now there was nothing there then. <laughs> <laughs> Just little houses. But now probably big and broad now. Yeah. Help me. J Daniel, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about Scotland now. Yeah. I lived here, so. Yeah, it's a little girl, yeah. But there was nothing there then. Now we've got to walk about two, ten hours for a shot. Just briefly, briefly, madam. You finished? No, I'm not finished yet. Okay. Yeah, that what made me done, man. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, what was I saying now? I've gone funny now. Uh, Scotland, before that. Oh, what was I? Oh, everyone's gone to nice places all over the place. And you're talking about this garden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I wanted good some. Yeah, but then, you know, sometimes in your house as well, but it depends in the home. Depends on the type of house you're living. Depends. Because there's some houses can be very... You find a lot of relaxing there. Some places are very. You don't laugh at that. I'm just smiling. I'm just. Oh, you're smiling. I'll smack on the thumb you. Yeah. Just briefly, madam. We won't have any violence on this show. Me, I, I can tell some no, no, people no. are very she's hungry. Good, she's my good sister, Julia. <laughs> just briefly, yeah. I like to see this forum being extended maybe every weekend. Actually, it's been very, very nice. Actually, and it is curve itself probably open 24 hours i i i think that would be a problem um but it's already quite open 
it's open for every it's single day. So I think, open. yeah. Till yeah. 10 tonight. Till 10, actually, yeah. The forum, yes. I would like to see yes. it every weekend, madam. Let's, let's do it. Well, at the moment, it's once a month. Once um, a month? Once a month. So okay. we'll... Yes, so you can come and talk next time. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, Thank you. for your contributions. And it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much.